Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome back to the Talking Blarney podcast, where we wade through the Blarney to tell you about the real Ireland. My name is Robert McNamara, and I'm here with the far dialogue of the podcast, Rob Cross. Steve. Um, hey, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Rob? Ah, uh, you know, it's a lovely, actually lovely weather today. In the last few days we've had, um, you know. Oh, fuck, it's been amazing. I mean, I'm red, I'm burnt because I went for a, a good long walk yesterday. You know, Irish skin tone and everything, I am... Um, completely red but it was worth it because it's such a nice day absolutely no i'm looking forward to a nice one with the dog after the the, the rugby is on of course uh, we have a lovely monster rugby match on it uh after this podcast when we're recording it Ooh. and uh i think a lovely walk after that'll be perfect yeah we need to take as much vitamin d as we can get absolutely uh, not often we get it yeah but you know see, before we get into anything else i, I think we we've um we have to offer a, a correction on this apology don't we uh, sorry a, a correction of apology oh, yeah a huge podcast. apology huge apology. you know we've you know we, when we get something wrong on this podcast um we, we're very happy to point it out um of course previously Glenn this podcast, Close. uh i don't know what you're talking <laughs> about <laughs> all right i might have i might i might it have was corona de rob um, I uh, she was a, a ter- Streep, wasn't it? Uh, I think that's what it was. In my version of the movie, it was. It must be one of the, like a bootleg uh, Eastern European version I had. They're going to do a sequel. She, she Meryl Streep should play Cruella Deville. Um, I'm, I'm just going to. They are, they're, well, they're doing a prequel with uh, Emma Stone, I believe. Oh God, I forgot about that trailer. Jesus, like why? Why are they turning Cruella Deville into um, Harley Quinn in like the? That what was the Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad, yeah, that's what I was thinking there. It's like I, th- I think it's stop. because of the uh, the success of Maleficent with Angelina Jolie. It's kind of like oh, we'll do kind of similar to Joker, just kind of having the bad guys have their yeah. own movie, make them kind of like oh, they're not all bad. You you want to be the bad guy, you know? Like WCW. Yeah. Anyway, you have an apology to make. To cheer the bad guys. Yes, yes, dude. We, we we said a lot of stuff on this this podcast before about you know. Um, uh, British people, particularly the English, being racist and institutionally racist, and the police going after people just because they're Irish and the color of their skin and all things like that. But you know, Stu, they put out this week the British government they they investigated themselves, and they found out that they're actually not institutionally racist at all. So clearly, we're 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 wrong here. Well, congratulations to them. It's nice to know that they can do an, a completely non-biased, impartial investigation into themselves. And find that they were in the right the whole time. Yeah, you know, I mean, really, uh, if they got someone external to do it, um, you know, they, they, you, you might be worried that they'd be biased against the British. But uh, really, the only the only clear way was for them to do it themselves. And uh, I hope no. Fa- well, I mean, like, I suppose if you're looking for impartiality, it's got to be hard for the British, considering, you know, they probably owned most of the countries that they'd, pr- they'd like to ask. That's true. So, I mean, really, they have to do it themselves. Like, you couldn't ask the Scottish now because they might say the same thing or the Welsh, but certainly the English, you know, would, would be the right people to, to ask there. Um, oh, yeah, of course. You know? So no institutional racism uh, at all uh, is what they've said. Uh, Britain isn't a racist country. So 
all all good there. Um, that's it's good to know that. Uh, um, I, I, I hope there were no missing files there, Stu. Um, no, no, they the, couldn't miss a file. I mean, it's it, 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 it's it must be it was must be very odd then when they were all those files went missing about all those people that got killed in Northern Ireland. Remember the on a bloody Sunday, those thirteen men, innocent unarmed civilians that were killed, and then they couldn't get any find any of the files. They said they must have gone missing. Jeez, that must be the only time that's happened. Oh yeah, never again, never yeah, again in, in never all again. of British history. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> so again, off this We'll jump into Uniquely Irish for this week, where we'll be talking a little bit about Irish dancing, uh, specifically Irish step dancing, because that comes up quite a lot in the movie for the week. Uh, I don't know how much you know yourself, Rob. I did a bit of research because it's not something that I was ever uh, really involved with. Yeah, I didn't do it. But, you know, you see it around. I didn't do it properly, but we we did do a bit of it in school. Um, we like PLP classes, physical education or whatever. And we did, in primary school anyway, do... It was kind of like one one day a month, uh, kind of doing Irish dancing with a fellow that would come in to teach us, and we learned like, yeah, you know, like the walls of Limerick and the Siege of Ennis, uh, their kind of dances with um groups of people, you know, you know, and right. we did a bit of that, and like, and, and you know, the basic how to do the, the very basic kind of the steps for like you know a jig or something like that. That's really about it, you know. Not not to say that it, it's not a man's thing in. Irish dancing, it, 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 it's, it's men, men oh, no, and women. Like, uh, just to be clear, um, often, actually, yeah. historically, uh, it was predominantly male That's right. when it first kicked off. So they don't really know historically, just because we didn't write a lot of stuff down in the past. You know, being an oral tradition, and you know, during English or British occupation, a lot of the the history has been lost. But it was around like the 17th century that it kind of started to, to build up and then in the, the 19th century was when you know the you know Irish nationalist movement kind of came ahead and there was a big thing where you had to to start it but I think what originally happened was you'd have uh, dance masters who would go around to the small towns and like teach the lads and the ladies to to dance in certain ways which uh, would have been a, a fun thing at the time I think especially quiet little farming villages learning this crazy new dance yeah, that, that that's kind of it. They sort of keep the the best dances for the lads, um, is, is what I've heard. But back in the day, yeah. Like, although currently, currently it is quite a, a female dominated pastime. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, you know, uh, we're kind of we're all very used to the the kind of you know the curly wigs and the the very kind of the, the beautiful and embroidered dresses and everything that go along with it would be, I think, most people's understanding of what Irish dancing is today. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of it. I, I was actually I was over in a Scotland a few years back on a college trip, and we were went to Edinburgh, but we we went down to Glasgow for the day as well. And we went into as as you do in Glasgow, go to the city centre. Uh, George Square is kind of the main one there, so we we went into a Greg's to get our, you know, a bit a bit, a bit of lunch. You know, if, if you're in the UK, you gotta gotta try the the local cuisine too. And. Uh, we could see there was like a gathering or something in the in George Square, like around the main, whatever the main kind of thing in the middle is, the statue. We went over and took a look because we could. It was, it was very colourful. We're like, what's going on over here? A bit, bit of interest, bit of music being played as well. And it was like it was about. It was March. So it was just not too long after St Patrick's Day, probably about four or five days. And we're like, okay, maybe it's like they're still doing their festival here or something. 
turns out it was the uh, I can't remember if it was the World Irish Dancing Championships or the European one but one of those two was taking place in Glasgow um, then so we there was just about um, 30 like little girls wearing like the fake tan and the, the big wigs and everything just dancing around there and we were there oh, that's nice and then like another hundred of them just turned up on a bus and eventually one of the girls we were with was, a, was oh, actually uh, she was actually a champion Irish dancer in Ireland and then she was going over having a chat with a few people I think she knew someone's teacher or something like that and she was dancing as well and we were like my god this is like the ultimate stereotype of just you know going somewhere and meeting someone Irish <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean look it happens everywhere it was, it anyway. was very it was very nice anyway I I remember there <laughs> was like this one young fella and he got up on like a bench and started dancing for like uh, I think one of the TV stations turned up and he was just showing off by just jumping up on a bench it was good good crack actually Oh yeah, well, I mean, I, I think, I think uh, Irish dancing is definitely in the blood. I think after a one too many high proof beverages, we've all kind of had a bit of a jig on a night out. I, I, I once in our lives. We've anyway. definitely, well, I, I know we've definitely done it, Stu. If you remember the the old bunker we used to Irish dancing in a, a particular nightclub in Limerick. <laughs> yeah, we ha- we had our times with it. Yeah, but it you know, it is still big in in certain communities. And, uh, you know, there's some lovely kind of old pathy videos yeah. on YouTube, if you want to watch them, of like, I think they're outside the Phoenix Park yeah. in like the 1920s doing doing it. You have the proper Irish music playing in the background. So it's really lovely to see. It's just, I think it differs from a lot of other dancing, specifically because it's all lower body. You keep the top of your body um, rigid and your arms by your side. Oh, yeah, completely down by your sides. And it's it's kind of that I was trying to figure out if there's any real consensus on why that is which I couldn't really see. There's loads of theories and whatnot, but, you know, it's kind of poise and and kind of control, you know, you're not moving around. But, like, Ireland being Ireland, I'd say it's, you know, like, you want to be dancing, but the Lord's watching, so you don't want to be too flamboyant in your dancing. You don't want to be like Michael Flatley. (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, we can talk a little bit about him as well. I suppose if if people uh, are familiar with with River Dance which was like big in the 90s and it was like this big explosion of Irish culture and like Michael Flatley he was Irish-American but like I- Irish-American in the sense I think he actually was born here moved to America at a very young age and both of his parents are Irish so he- he's basically Irish but he's a bit of a Yankee and he kind of made it really popular but he would do the whole thing of he'd use like his upper body and things like that and apparently that really offended some purists at the time saying he can't do that he can't be using his arms as part of the dance and call it Irish dance and it's a disgrace Joe you know yeah I mean, it's definitely different. It, it's distinct anyway from Irish dancing, but it still kind of brings that because, like, if you're watching like properly good Irish dancers with like real Irish music playing, you know, someone actually sitting there with a the fiddle and all the rest of it, like getting that, you know, with the hard shoe yep. beat, it's it's mesmerizing having the, the you know someone basically playing an instrument by tapping, like it's, it's similar to tap yep. dancing, I suppose, but like I think the the speed and everything else. And like working it into the song rather than uh, it just being its own sound is a wonderful thing and to it's see. In like it's not in like some of it isn't in four four time; it's in six eight time as well. For any music nerds, there a lot of Irish um, pieces of music, particularly polkas and stuff, are, are in done in six eight as opposed to four four or you know three four for like slower pieces like waltzes. But um, yeah, so you know you're 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 doing something a bit different there. I think that's uh, I think about the jazz. I feel like uh, so, you know the old you know, brush dancing as well, Stu. If you if you you know that uh i believe it rings a bell i've seen it done it's 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 like um uh 
you just dance with a brush but like you're 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 not just using it as like a dancing partner you also like put it on the ground like dance over it and things like that if you get a chance to see it do it's it's quite entertaining i remember there was a, a group of um polish uh brush dancers out the road from us in killaloo that they, they they like came over to ireland obviously to work and but they 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 fell in love with the culture and they ended up learning brush dancing and then like did it as kind of a, a set and it was it was really entertaining they they beat us in the battle of the bands too all that reminds me of is uh Oh, that reminds me of is that one episode of Malcolm in the Middle where like Lois's oh, yeah. grandmother or mother comes along <laughs> and she has to like do that really dangerous dance with the long wooden poles. People are like trying to clamp her legs with it. Oh, it's the only thing that it reminded me of what, there. What was that like? Saying something's day, wasn't it? Because uh, they had to do the dad sing and then they had to make yeah. like, the tart or something like that. And it's like a really complicated layered cake. It's like, no, no, the prunes don't go on the, the 16th day. They go on the 17th layer. Uh, Saint, whatever, sent, didn't send the didn't meet the pilgrims on the 16th day. It was the 17th day. Yeah, yeah just trying to keep up with the, the, the old, old country. country's yeah. customs. But, but, but speaking about old but, countries, uh, too. <laughs> yeah, so we'll leave it there and we'll jump right in to The Luck of the Irish, which is the movie for this week. It's a Disney Channel movie, so I think it was direct to TV. And it kind of shows, I yep. suppose. I'll see if there's a good plot synopsis there's a very quick storyline synopsis on imdb which says a teenager must battle for a gold charm to keep his family from being controlled by an evil leprechaun which i suppose is the basic gist of the story in a very simplistic sense it's it's very much a i wouldn't say multifaceted stories do but it's got a few it's got a few bits yeah i mean there's a lot of irishness in there at times i think they did their best in terms of, of getting things right but then at other times it just gets wildly out of control yeah like there's bits where like they're they're clearly trying and then you know it's like okay the accents are bad but they're americans playing it but maybe you know it's like you're going maybe it's kind of a deliberate thing they're kind of it's kind of like tongue-in-cheek a bit and then there's some other bits like all right this is just egregious you know this this is pretty this is pretty bad bordering into your spreading false truths about us and you know yeah well, there, there was a, a good bit of that and i think a lot of hyperbole in there i mean uh things that come up later on just kind of are done right in a way but done to the nth degree yeah there, there's weird bits where it's like you're, you're technically correct the best kind of correct but like you know not 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 yeah. best. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it was directed by Paul Hohen, who seems to just be like a kids movie director. He's done like 43 movies, and I think all of them are just mostly Disney Channel movies like Camp Rock, um, some Jonas Brothers it TV looks, show. It, 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 it's like I know this is like Disney Channel made Disney. for TV, but it looks like it. And all director, like this is exactly what you expect just as on like at two o'clock on a you know Wednesday on, on the Disney Channel or something like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, apparently they show it every year on St. Patrick's Day, which makes sense. But, uh, you know, even like the, the the cafeteria they have, like, I don't obviously watch a lot of Disney kids movies, but like it just looks recognizable. I don't know if I've seen it from a clip of like, um, what's that? High School Musical or something like that. It just looks like that, like specific Disney cafeteria. Yeah, it just looks so it just looks so American. You know, like stereotypical. Well, I mean, well, I mean that's the point. point to be. I mean, yeah. I think that's kind of a yeah. I think there's there's kind of a while it's obviously about him learning his Irish heritage. The movie kind of does by the end become like, oh yeah, we all have this heritage, but we're all Americans, and that's the best thing. I was to be. thinking at that point is like, was this made after nine eleven? Like, you know what I mean? 
or was that the kind of and it was I, I uh, checked it wasn't. Well, it was two, it was it was two thousand one. No, because that I don't was, know that when, was I had that written year. down. It was like was this made after nine eleven? Because it's very much we should all come to get together kind of a thing. And I was like, no, it was made beforehand. So I was like, yeah, I think it might have had a, a different ending if it was you know done later on in that year let's just put it that way so we'll go through a bit of the cast i suppose main character is kyle johnson who's played by ryan merriman i think the only thing i would have ever seen him in really is final destination 3 yeah i think he was in the second ring as well and like he's in pretty little liars don't watch pretty little liars my sister and girlfriend do but you know he's in it anyway yeah but i mean he did an okay job i mean thankfully he wasn't given a lot of irish accent work every once in a while uh he kind of he slipped in something like ma or da or whatever, but it wasn't overly egregious for what it was. Cause like, I think with him, like we'll just go through it anyway. Uh, he's, he loses lucky coin and starts turning back into a leprechaun because his mother is a leprechaun or whatever nonsense. Uh, but yeah, so he starts slipping in this bit of Irish accent, but he's clearly still American. So you can kind of be okay with him having that kind of bad accent i yeah i think that's supposed to be deliberate because like he's not irish he's like you know he's from his father's from cleveland and he's living where is he living is he living in salt lake city does it say where they're actually where it's actually based oh i do not remember now um because i was just thinking i i thought where they were filming it because first thought that they're talking about cleveland and i was like oh irish in cleveland again where have we heard that before Stu? <laughs> but um i was just like it the Irish in Cleveland apparently it's a bit of a trope now uh, wonderful I think it's I think they definitely shot parts of it in Salt Lake City I, I just recognize it with the mountains around there which is you know Mormon country. oh yeah that makes I sense I wouldn't I wouldn't really say it's um maybe too Irish but huh, there you go oh it just it's just it's just very beautiful so like I will I will somewhat credit the cinematography and parts of this it's like there are bits where like they're walking out of his house and you see the, the massive mountains in the background and there clear blue sky mountains there look very pretty it's like you know, fair credit where credit's due. That does look beautiful. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing seeing there, to be honest. Oh yeah, good location, definitely. Yep. But yeah. So, what did you think of Ryan Merriman? So, I mean, he's he's all right. He's not the world's greatest actor, but I mean, considering he he mustn't have been like fifteen, sixteen when this was being made, unless he's a fair bit older. You know. No, he must uh, have been a, at least a teenager at the time. So he did. A good enough job. I mean, it was very funny when, like, he get, got those orange frosted tips. Yeah, it it, it was. It's the other thing as well. This is very much a film of its time, like you know the the early two thousands, um, American early two thousands. So like, it was very. They're all like dressed as as that kind of thing, and you know, and he has the frosted oh, tips yeah. and everything. It's very much of its time. Um, he doesn't do a bad job as an actor of his age. I mean, it, like you weren't going to get an Oscar winning performance in a Disney film like this, but um, he's fine. He's perfectly fine. Um, competent yeah. actor. Oh, definitely. But then uh, kind of one of the, the bigger actors in it, I suppose, is Henry Gibson, yep. who plays Riley O'Reilly, the grandfather of Kyle. You know, he did. Uh, yeah, he did a strong Irish accent. I mean, it was it was rough at times. He was trying, I think. I see. I think like he he's his character is Irish. He's not like um, I don't think he's being portrayed as not Irish, Irish American. American. Yeah, so I mean, it's he. This is his natural accent, and it's it's a bit much. Like it's a bit exaggerated and a bit bad in spots. I mean, his American accent doesn't really come true per se, but it's just kind of overshadowed by a slightly dodgy Irish accent. So I don't know how good that means it is. Yeah, it was hard to it was hard to pin down at times. I mean, he looks the part. 
Uh, maybe besides the part where he has like a three foot long beard, but for the most part, he was good. Yeah, I do. I mean, we we've seen him in a few other things as well. I remember him most from the the witch judge in uh, Sabrina. Um, I think it's the episode like where they like she has this really, uh, really bad teacher, and he's like you know giving her bad grades, and like, the ants go in to give out them, and he's like nah. And they get him like to a witch court, and like they literally take him out of a freezer because he's you know that's how they keep the judges in rotation. <laughs> Just I remember him as being very funny in that, and of course he was in our, one of our <laughs> favorites, uh, Stargate as well. Yeah, he he of course, uh, yeah, he was huge in that. Well. In his one episode, he did pretty well. I'm also just looking down there. He was apparently in Malcolm in the Middle, so tying it back to our chat earlier on. And a TV series called Stripperella. Stripperella, you say? Yeah, but uh, there's one tie-in that I will say. He played a character in the TV series Charmed, where he was also a leprechaun. This was two years after he did The Luck of the Irish. So maybe there's an expanded what universe. What is it with there? us and consistently coming up with expanded, expanded, like, like the Hiberno, the Hiberno uh, cinematic universe? Is it? <laughs> so we'll find it. We'll find it. It has to be there. I suppose those were kind of the two biggest ones. The other would be Timothy Amundsen, who I absolutely adore. Uh, he's in one of my favorite TV shows, Psych. Replaced Carton Lasseter. Uh, I think recent or a couple of years back, he unfortunately had oh, like a, a major stroke. Uh, but he's fine. He's done. He's doing very, very well after it. You know, he's recovering fantastically. But I, I love him. He plays this. You know, he hams this up completely, and it works so well. He's the uh, the fire Darig, I should say. Just if you weren't sure, the red man. Yeah, yeah. Seamus McTiernan. That's what fire Darig means in Irish. Red man. Uh, I don't really know the kind. Like a a, a fire dove. Oh, uh, see, they're they're no fire Darig. It's um, it's part of leprechaun lore. So. There are normal leprechauns who are kind of nice and, you know, they yep. make shoes and all that. But Fardarig is a type of leprechaun who's like more sinister. You know, a leprechaun will like play a trick on you, but a Fardarig would play like a bad trick or like try to hurt you physically or whatever. So it's kind of, a, it, it, it's actually surprising that they put that in. It, it's a bit deeper than what most people know about leprechauns, but they are part of, of leprechaun stories. Okay. I did actually uh, Google that uh, Stripperella thing that he was in, and it's... Uh, <laughs> All right. I didn't realize it was actually created by Stan Lee. That is no surprise to me. That man was... Yeah. Uh, what do you even say? Like, he, he loved is, women, shall we say. This is this is incredible. Erotica Jones, a.k.a. Stripperella, is an extremely attractive, <laughs> unbearably beautiful, insanely sexy dancer <laughs> with a literal perfect body. She has a brother named Chipperella, who's who's voiced by John Cryer from Two and a Half Men. Oh God! Oh jeez. Okay, Stu. Here, oh, no. here are abilities. No, no, Rob. Rob, back, back on, back on point. No, we can't, we can't, <laughs> we can't go into Stripperella lore. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I think uh, <laughs> Timothy Amundsen he, he he did a very good job. The accent was once again passable. I don't think there was anyone really that did a. a terrible terrible accent not not to like uh far and away levels at the very least well because I, I think this film like it, it's definitely more tongue-in-cheek so you'd kind of let it away because like there no one's taking themselves too seriously and i mean it's it's a made for tv kids film you know it i i felt i very much took this in the same vein as like the yank you know it, yeah. it's not you're, you're 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 having a bit of, you're supposed to have a bit of fun um, you know, it's fine, really. Yeah, I think the only other kind of character to talk about would be is this Kyle's mother. Yeah, she was in Groundhog Day, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. She was in a few things. It's uh, was it Marita Garrity? So at least a Irish sounding surname. 
She was in Groundhog Day, wasn't she, Stu? Depending on. Yes. <laughs> It'll work in the edit, the, the joke. Anyway. I'm sure it will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, she she did quite well. You know, the accent wasn't terrible. And it was quite funny kind of seeing her become more Irish as as the, the movie progressed. Kind of the, the red hair curling out. That was quite funny. And actually. then the, the, the peat fire <laughs> and feeding them the... the the full Irish breakfast, which was one of the parts I meant that was extremely, you know, hyperbolized. Where it's like, you I mean, know, it was massive big breakfast, black puddings. Oh, it was huge. Like she she just cooked up like the actual, um, you know, the actual thing of black pudding. She didn't like cut it into bits. So, I mean, that's that's quite a lot. Yeah, you, you get it in a tube similar to a sausage and you slice it into discs. You don't slice it lengthways into just slabs of black pudding. I mean, I suppose you could, but um, why would you? Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, you'd have to be very hungry to want that much. I mean, I think she also called sausages bangers, which I don't, I, I mean, I, we do in the sense of like bangers and hash, but that's more of a British thing that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't we say just kind it's of copied. Ireland would know what you meant, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't use banger myself. Like generally, I would think like a banger is like a bigger kind of sausage as well, Steve, isn't it? It would be like a bigger, you know, you, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like it's it, it, kind of more more herbs in there. Yeah, and like more larger diameter. The sausages we use in a full Irish would be kind of you know your your Denny's, your Galtys, whatever. They they generally would be a bit smaller. We wouldn't have massive sausages with the generally. You'd have like kind of three medium sausages as opposed to like one or two big ones, I guess. Yeah, but uh, she also gives Kyle. Crabines for his lunch, which is an actual deep cut because that is Irish cuisine, like uh, pig's toes. Yeah, uh, it's like yeah, I suppose that that was a a good addition into it. I suppose if if you kind of consider the fact that clearly her father, who's the leprechaun, Riley O'Reilly, is like he's talking things like a hundred years ago, and it's like he's obviously lived a lot longer than a normal human would. So, I mean, maybe... It, oh, yeah, they're, so, they're all immortal, I suppose. Yeah, so I suppose if you kind of consider the fact that this is would have been kind of what she had when she was growing up because of, you know, an expanded lifespan and, like, her father and all that, yeah, it does kind of make sense. That would have been kind of the snack she would have brought to school back in the day kind of a thing. Yeah, so it, it was just... It was very funny seeing her slowly get smaller. And, you know, I think, it, except for, you know, in the movies that we watch, I don't think I've seen that kind of, you know green screened little person in quite some time yeah they, they, they didn't do it like obviously it didn't have a massive or high budget but it didn't look too bad with the perspective things and things like that it it looked fine yeah quite good. i was i was kind of disappointed we didn't get kyle going fully that small i know he was in like his nightmare in the beginning yeah but overall he never kind of he, he was shrinking throughout which i thought was funny I did. But I did. I, overall, he never got. That. I was kind of thinking that would would like it play a factor in like that the basketball game, like he would turn little and then he'd use that to somehow score the basket. And I was trying to think about how that would work. Then it didn't. In the end, I was like, "Oh, grand." Yeah, he's just like on the rim or something. Yeah, it's like he's on the. I was thinking like you know he's on the rim and like you know his 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 friend the um his name I forget the black lad like would throw it and it would just kind of like be on skidding on the rim of the, the thing and he would just like knock it and it would go in and it'd be like yeah slam dunk by Kyle you know yeah I suppose the real question Rob is you know the, the it's the clan O'Reilly so does that mean that all O'Reilly's now are leprechauns um I did message my girlfriend she told me to fuck off so <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm joking well this podcast always gets you in trouble I'm with joking her. but um yeah I, I, I don't know. Just ask about her lucky coin. Lucky coin. 
I don't know about that. But um, yeah, I, I, of course they picked O'Reilly. It's a very common name, and like Riley O'Reilly, Jesus Christ! Like, you know. yeah, that would, that one was a bit of a stretch. So as we said, like the the crux of the movie is that the O'Reilly clan have a lucky gold coin, which the youngest member has to hold. And that keeps them all looking human and having great luck. But Kyle goes to basically a, a fun fair that's Irish themed, which was weird to watch. Uh, you know, people had like the spray on green hair. They were all wearing little green. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. In hats and shit. It's really like, and also, there, those are four leaf clovers on the balloons, not shamrocks as well. I noticed. Yeah, well, look, you know how those things get conflated. But while he's there trying to find out about his ancestry, two lads like knock him over, and when they're picking him back up, they swap out his coin, and that's how he he starts turning into a leprechaun along with the rest of his family. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it it was kind of obvious at the time that that was going to happen. You know, I suppose it's a kids' movie, so you, you're not going to get too much nuance. Well, this isn't Shakespeare's do. Not even flat. It's not even Flan <laughs> O'Brien for that matter, or you know, any any or John B. Keane either. But anyway, yeah, it just this really like is it St. Patrick's Day in the film at this point? I I, I wasn't too sure, or is this just kind of a I, I, pop up Irish celebration? I don't think they said anything about the date, so I wouldn't think so. I think it's it's just Implied. like you know because they have the uh, the what is it the Saint of the Step? Yeah, who's the Fardarig? And I think it's just like a, a traveling carnival type thing that goes around that's Irish themed. I mean, sure, but it, is that a thing that happens in America? I don't know, but I don't like it. I don't want it to be a thing. Like, would you have like Duffy Circus doing, you know, New York State and New Jersey then? Is that how it kind of works? <laughs> I, I don't know. I do not know. But it, yeah, it, it was weird watching it. And that's when he meets his grandfather for, for the first time. But uh, I did love that there's one quote from him that I, I don't think is in Irish vocabulary, but should yeah. be when he says, as tough as a landlord's heart. I have like, that as well. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. It's that's fucking a hilarious. really good line. I, I'm going to try and use that at some point in day to day life yeah. because it's 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 funny. Uh, I've never heard anyone use it here, but it should be a saying that we've had for the past 800 years. Yeah, well, it, it, it's accurate as well as, we, as we've seen in other films we've reviewed in this podcast. Um, oh, yeah. That's a great line. Really, really is. I mean, he's a fantastic actor. And like, I love the, the Riley O'Reilly's character in this film is probably the best part of it, I would say. I love it. Oh, yeah. I, love- I mean, like, it's, 
It's great as well if he just starts attacking his his uh, his runners, you know, his his grandson's runners. He doesn't know if that's his grandfather yet. And he starts poking him. He's like, did you make them yourself? Did you? And he's like, oh, it's no protection on the hard road. And like poking his his toes in them with his stick. And then he's like, showing her these are a real pair of shoes. And he's like, showing all the designs on them, <laughs> real Irish leather and real everything. Leather, which, which is yeah. funny. I mean, it, it it's good to have that kind of consistency with leprechauns. You know, it's like um, it's like the the horror movie Leprechaun where he like. He goes out and cleans all the shoes. It's just little things like that that do kind of elevate the movie to an extent. Yeah, that's it. Hang on, I just received a message. Those O'Reilly's are against the narrative. Feel free to mention that. You <laughs> did say, feel free to mention that your girlfriend is a leprechaun. And I was like, okay, grand. <laughs> we have it confirmed here, folks. But uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't do everything great. I think later on when Kyle is having his lucky day, the the kind of the girl who helps him out is it Bonnie? Yeah, says that. Oh, the Irish are hotheads. I think he, he's he's not able to score a single basket in basketball because basketball is kind of a big part of this movie for some reason. Yeah, like I, I, I we certainly have basketball in this country and would play it. Like um, our we went to university. Like we we were we probably had the, the best basketball court in the country. Um, you know, we'd, yeah. we'd but, but um. I played a bit of it because I was tall but when I was younger, but like I wouldn't say it's a massive sport in Ireland. I mean, it it probably got a bit bigger like during the nineties, you know, with um, you know, Michael Jordan and like you know the when it was like massive in America. But I, I wouldn't say it was um a, a, an Irish kind of connection, really. Yeah, I, I think that was more for the the American side of it. They probably worked back from the the bet they made towards the end. We're like, okay, we're going to have a bunch of Irish games. So we're going to like, need to have something yeah. American that he can play. Well, I was kind to, of thinking that win at the end. I was kind of thinking that could it, is it the Boston uh, Celts or Celts? I can't remember what they call themselves. Celtics. Celtics. Yeah, they're like a basketball team, aren't they? And it's like I, I thought maybe maybe they were going for that kind. Of, like if the film was set in Boston and he like admired that, like you you could kind of make it into something like that. And it's like okay, I kind of see where you're coming from here, but. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, the, the funny thing about the whole basketball is that watching closely, it really does look like the teams that they're against are all grown men. I know later yeah. on it is grown men, but even in the earlier basketball games, it's like, those look like grown men on the other team. Is this like how you'd have a few, like, you know, for, for so, so, some schools that play hurling, like, the, the, you know, you'd, you'd keep a few lads back to repeat the leave insert once or twice to get them up, up front on the junior B team? <laughs> yeah, well... There was a lot more than one or two years on them, but it was just it was just a strange thing to notice that they just looked so much older on the other team. I mean, maybe they were actual professional basketball players, or they got the local high school team or something to turn up. Could be something like that. As far as I could see, they were yeah. properly playing basketball at times in the background, so maybe maybe they got actual basketball players in. Could have been that. Uh, what did you think then of the grandfather being the inventor of the potato chip? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I mean, clearly he's immortal, and at some point he invented the 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 crisp, as it should be called, potato. especially if an Irishman invents yeah. it. And then he he makes the Emerald Isle Potato Chip Company. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I I I believe that um potato chips or crisps or potatoes were first invented i believe in paris i think it was someone asked for like really thin slices of potatoes and the chef did it and was like well these aren't very good what if i you know they're deep frying something there's like i'll deep fry them and see what happens and they came out the way they did and your man loved them and he's like yeah maybe i'm onto something here 
but um Robbie, you said that was in France, so that was clearly the French fry you're talking about. Nice. Look, I don't know, mate. <laughs> uh some something like that. But yeah, fair fair enough. He he invented potatoes. Uh, fair play to the man. Yeah, I mean it was just I suppose adding to the Irishness of it, like he had to do something with potatoes. So that was funny-ish. I mean, there was a lot of food in the movie. We had the the huge breakfast the earlier and the beans. Yeah, later on they have corned beef. But there was one near the start that I needed to speak about because you have one night when Kyle goes home and he's asking his parents and they're having like, uh, what is it, pasta or something. Yeah. And, you know, there's like big fucking lettuce leaves, it's like a pasta salad. I don't know what it was. But anyway, you could see that there was pasta there. But then like he gets home the next day and he's like, oh, we're having stir fry for dinner. And it's like, are you having noodles two nights in a row? Oh, I didn't actually notice that. That's a fair point. It was just like, like that, that's that's a lot of noodles. I get that they're eating healthy, but like, and it's, I suppose, carbs and whatnot. But like, would you really want to have the same thing, like effectively the same thing twice? I, I wouldn't. It's a bit, a little bit of variation is fine. Yeah, it was, it was a bit much. And then you also have with the house itself. That like all of the walls are green and a lot of the decorations are yeah, green as well. Much. It's like, how did he not pick up on this? Like the the guy didn't notice that he he was probably Irish with how green their house was. Because all of us Irish people, as soon as we move abroad, we must paint everything in our house green, Sue. Oh, of course. I mean, that's I the mean, law. How long is that? Is it going to be the White House now that Joe Biden's there, Stu? You'll wake up one morning and it'll just be green down the front of it. I would I would pay to see that. That'd be hilarious. It's just like it's just for it's like uh, right, Mister Biden. You painted it green for St. Patrick's Day. You'll take it off tomorrow. It's like, oh no, it's a uh, permanent paint. So it's like you know, it's it's the green. Biden just hands the presidency over to Michael D. Yeah, it's the greenhouse. I don't think anyone. I don't think any. <laughs> I don't think there's any greenhouse places there. I know. I know the president of South Korea lives in the blue house. Don't know if there's a not that I'm aware a of greenhouse. Uh, I'll have to look into that. But yeah, back to the food. Anyway, we do also get, of course, corned beef. Our our good friend corned beef Which later on in the movie when they're chasing yeah. yeah chasing Seamus near the end uh, and they toss it out the window you know you can't be surprised at this point that corned beef is getting in there no I mean it's all all the big tropes are in this film Stu um, even the hot headed Irish and I'm like yeah that's a it's pushing it a bit towards this yeah. discriminatory thing saying that you know i mean you could i mean we're going to say like irish temper or something like that next oh yeah but you like that some of it was great though i mean later on you have the the grandfather playing a flute or something yeah. and it's like do you have to do that now when he goes that's how i manifest despair it's like fucking yeah. hilarious He's really good really good joke uh there's a great bit he says as well when they work out the james mctiernan is uh, that and the grandfather goes that guy that's I think I have the quote down. That paddy whacker stage Irish neon shamrocks pot full of blarney, you know, fraud. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. is a great. Yeah, they, they had they, once again, like they had some good stuff in there at times. It's just moments of, like, of he, genius. He actually calls him stage Irish, which is just like, oh god, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, and then you you also have Molly Malone and a, a few other Irish songs get in there when they're celebrating yeah they're, they're, i think when they're they go into you break into your man's rv you know his trailer yeah uh, thingy my bob uh i think they're singing johnny i hardly knew you in the it looks like they're in a diner as opposed to a pub which is like okay yeah they're literally having lunch yeah, or something it's something more like a pub thing but i suppose I, I suppose they're they're you don't actually see any alcohol in this movie i don't think which i suppose i, I get it's a disney channel it's for kids fair enough but like it, it's a 
I would have had a fairly persuasive Irish uh, stereotype in, in the US and they don't even mo- moderately kind of address it. So it's like, all right, fair enough. I don't know. They uh, When they get back from one of the earlier basketball games, doesn't the mother say, I'm going to have a, a glass of some... I can't remember what she said now, but she said something and I assume that was uh, an alcoholic beverage of some kind. Mm, maybe. Because the, uh, the father kind of freezes. He doesn't know what to, to even say. Oh, he doesn't want her to drink. Okay, maybe they have a dry house or something because of that. No, no, he, like I think he's just shocked that like she says such a, an Irish. Oh, okay, thing. okay. Well, I'm going to make an Irish car bomb when I go home. I was like, what? I don't think it was that I, bad. I know, but it could have been. But then we get, yeah, then we get the the big bet against Seamus to save the grandfather and get the coin back, which was. An interesting one. They have basically the Irish Olympics. Yeah, I think because of the Mac, uh, the Theron Games, it's basically very similar to the Highland Games they have in Scotland. Um, like there, there is an element of truth to this. Yeah, it seemed a little there is like more, an element yeah. of truth to this. This, this would have been kind of um, between kind of clans or whatever would have had sort of competition like this. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have really been the Irish Olympics because it wouldn't have really been across the country as far as I'm aware, and it, it didn't. It hasn't lasted for 3,000 years, as he says there, but there is elements of truth to it. I, I think the Highland Games has gotten is the closest equivalent we have to it now. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty good, surprising. You know, they had hurling in there, uh, and then they had Gaelic football as well. Rock throwing or something uh, like then that. Then you had, yeah, throwing a rock. And then also, like, the, almost the exact same thing, but with a wagon wheel. Well, he kind of rolls the wagon wheel like down a hill almost. I don't know. Oh no, that that no, that that's because he drops it. Okay, because you see, you see, Shame is kind of basically like almost discus throwing it. Yeah, and then uh, Kyle, when he's trying to pick it up, he he falls over and it just rolls away. Yeah, I think this is you know very much like um, uh, there's one in the Highland Games I've seen like where they spin around with like a rock thing and throw it. That's very like that. So there there is certainly a basis to it here. Um, obviously, like the Kyber toss there as well. They throw the big, you know. Um, big length of wood, but you mean in Scotland they yeah. didn't do it in this? Oh, sorry, the, in Scotland they do that. The spear yeah. toss, yeah, yeah, they do, they do that as well with one yeah. with the the sword, I think, as well. You know the what do you call the big swords? The claymores, claymore. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Uh, yeah, so that goes well, but it's a draw at the end. Yeah, and so uh, the Fardarig says that he wins because of the way it was worded, but then Kyle cleverly uses something that his mother had used to allow herself to to marry the father by saying oh he's from uh eerie which to an old person might be misheard as era yeah and so he uses that same trick to have one last basketball game against the the evil leprechauns yeah and i mean it's it's a good enough game you know you can see that kind of like feel good disney thing where it's like Similar to, it's actually really similar to to Space Jam. Now that I think about it, yeah, I, with the uh, the the secret Michael Jordan water. Yeah, I really got the. Like, oh, vibe he gives him it. the lucky coin. Yeah, I really got the vibe of it. It was like kind of half animated, definitely, but I don't think they had the budget for that. No, oh, no, but uh, yeah. So he gives he gives Kyle's friend the uh, a lucky coin, which isn't uh, that I should say Kyle's grandfather gives him the coin, but uh, it just kind of gives him that confidence to play better. And so then they start winning, and then Kyle kind of realizes it as well. That's like the luck's within him or whatever. And the luck, the luck of the Irish is in me the whole time. Exactly, and then they win the yeah. game. 
and uh, everything's happy again. the girl and, and it's all fine. Yeah, if we're getting into the point where I can start giving out, firstly, uh, I love the they actually do wrestling as like an Irish sport, uh, which is oh yeah, which I, I was going to mention too because it's like yeah, because it's 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 effectively our martial art is um, you know proper wrestling. Catch yeah, we have that specific. Yeah. yeah, um, so and they do Irish dancing as do. well, where Kyle decides to break dance. Fair enough. Maybe he's one of those lads in Limerick from that video that we talked about. That's all I could yeah. think of at the time. We just got, we we just ha- like if this was like a if you ever do like a video podcast or something like that as well, we're going to have to just keep constantly playing that clip and just. I'm pretty sure like we could get. I'm oh, pretty sure like it's all connected. I'm pretty sure my father knows the guy in that. We could probably get him on and see if he still knows any moves. <laughs> oh yeah, I have one of those investigation boards in my room now, Rob, and I'm just you know break dancing is connected to this. Just connected to charm somehow and leprechauns and it's all there. The Hiberno conspiracy theory, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that that's kind of good. It, it, it's weird now. Maybe this is just m- m- the way I heard it or the grandfather. But uh, when they 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 morph into the the hurling field for the first of the sports things, um, the grandfather shouts and watch out for the sleeter as he a shitter. Yeah, they definitely mispronounced yeah. slitter. Is that, I think because um, like he says again, sleeter. And I wasn't I sure if remember. it was just. Maybe I misheard. It was like an accent thing, but I would have thought like it's Schlitter is how I would pronounce it. Um, the 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 ball they use in hurling. Yeah, I think they were. He was kind of pronouncing it phonetically, yeah. so it's S L I O T A R. Just for anyone who doesn't know, so I think he was kind of saying Sleotar. Yeah, Irish does Schlitter was how I would pronounce it anyway. There might be other. It it could be a, a dialectal thing, I, I suppose, but I've never heard it pronounced that way. I doubt it. I doubt it. I, I think it was just uh, not having the proper pronunciation given beforehand, and so like he did an he okay did. job. He did fine. But yeah, not Sleotar. Uh, this isn't really an Irish thing, but like just going back to of its time, like the bit where they're chasing in, in the grandfather's like, by the way, the grandfather's a lovely like Thunderbird convertible old, old kind of car. I go the massive tail oh, yeah. pieces from the, the 1950s probably doesn't have any doesn't have any bumpers on it probably doesn't have airbags or seatbelts but you know it looks cool it reminded me of I mean considering he's supposed to be immortal he probably bought it he doesn't have a spare tire because he, he's straight lucky. off the line and it doesn't even have a a, um, a roof because obviously he's lucky as well which is funny that it rains uh, but it, it reminded me firstly do you remember the striker Z in like fairly odd parents it reminded me a little bit of that oh right uh, but but also the bit where they're chase he's chasing the um Seamus McTiernan in the like his 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 RV you know his, his big camper van and um they put there's a chase scene and it's just like wow this is like such early two thousands like with the camera angles everything and they put on like a ska punk song in the background is like this is such of its time like you know <laughs> it's all all of those like college films or like things like that they'd always have a scene like this with a similar kind of music background and it just brings you into like uh, a particular moment in time of just like how all all of those films did that and i just thought that was kind of funny so so there you go yeah just before fast and furious really became the the only way that, to yeah exactly record a chase scene or um what was the other <laughs> the other irish podcast they said oh, the q generic biddle music and like what's that it's like biddle, <laughs> like the jerky thing <laughs> So oh, that was no. good. Um, also, like another bit too that kind of took me back a little bit, where he goes into the library. Kyle does, and he's like looking up his family because he's like, "Why are we called Johnson?" And you know, then he works. Oh, it used to be called Smith or something. And he's like, 
there and he's not using i don't think it's google he's using he's using something else like the 2001 internet basically and like your your one is is yeah i mean it was pretty great watching that just to see what the internet used to be like, like again four, oh he got four million hits for like john yeah jesus like, four million hits is nothing these days um and then like but also like like the computers in the library remember those like really colorful kind of see-through ones they're, they're like the early apple yeah, the, ones, the aren't they? ones yeah yeah i remember those but my auntie had one of those and it was like oh those like the most amazing thing but we had these you know the big blocky brick-like computers in school at the time and um but some bumpy some would have like these ones and they were like the coolest and everyone to use them it's like yeah that, that just really took me back to that um that period of time. I was just curious there, Rob. If you look up Johnson on Google now, there's one billion one hundred and twenty million results. So that's a bit more, I think. Let me see. Let me, we're talking about the Cleveland Johnsons too. In any case, it was good. It, it, like it ended in an interesting way, where he he does what is it he does at the the Heritage Day? Oh, I don't remember. Um, does he do the Irish Johnson? Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think he, he does. does. Hello, we're both going. How did that film end? Uh, I was just happy it ended, Stu. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But uh, that, that, then he uh, he comes out singing uh, "This Land Is Our Land" just to kind of show that America. even though he's Irish, he's really American, and that's the greatest thing anyone can ever be. Um, and everyone sure. starts singing, and they all stand up. Well, it says here, Stu, Cleveland Thomas Johnson is an American academic, uh, administrator, music historian, and early music performer. There you go. Yeah, I think that's that's not what we were looking for. But well done for He's trying. He's the director of the National uh, Music Museum I was actually... in Vermilion, South Dakota. Hmm, we'll have to take a look down there if there's an Irish connection. Vermilion City? Hmm. Are we on the road to Vermilion City, Stu? I think we might be. But uh, no, I looked up out of curiosity just to see where the, the phrase luck of the Irish actually yep. comes from, which you'll be shocked to know isn't Irish, but it actually refers to uh, the gold rush in America when, for whatever reason... Irish and Irish Americans just happened to to find more gold and silver. Okay. All right. And so it became a, a common term then that it was like the luck of the Irish is how they they, they were able to find the gold. But uh, I think we could both agree that historically the luck of the Irish sucks considering 800 years of British rule and everything that followed famines and whatnot. So not not the luckiest people. No, I, 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 we we haven't had the luckiest time in the, in this uh, this island, do have we? Or leaving this island because we we face uh, you know discrimination and racism. Apparently not in the UK, as we as yeah, we as we, as we said earlier. Uh, we we must have been completely wrong on that. It must have been a series of uh, never-ending coincidences. But uh, certainly certainly in other places. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean you know you know we here in Limerick are doubly fucked because we already have the bad luck of the Irish that everyone seems to have in the country. But we also have the curse That's of St. Munchen, which means that we're we're damned if we do and damned if we yeah. don't. It's like we, we, we can't get any success staying here. But then when we leave here, it's like, you know, we, we get other shit. So it's like, uh, can't win. I do love this city, though. <laughs> yeah, actually, you, you did you did remind me that one kind of underlying part of the movie was the 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 mother and the, the grandfather. They both kind of remembered the times of Irish yeah. racism in america which was interesting you know uh no irish need apply was a huge thing back uh during the famine when irish people were emigrating i found it kind of interesting that they do address it in a way like they do deal with it because i suppose it, with the whole heritage day thing and there's it's it's quite a I, I, kind of a diverse cast in the film like there's it's, it's a multi-racial school clearly and um which is i suppose grand no, no, yeah. i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying you know it it, it certainly 
dealing with heritage day in kind of in kind of the way it does it's sort of like everyone has their own heritage because i suppose all americans are immigrants unless the, the native americans which does show at the very start yeah they do kind of say all americans uh emigrated here and it's like oh that's that's not entirely true and i don't know if you should say that i mean like the americans have been there a lot longer um i mean i think some of them may have come on boats from the um uh parts of asia i think thousands tens of thousands of years ago if you want to get very technical about it but look sure yeah i mean like i, I think they were kind of showing one map that did have like the the, the native americans coming across the land bridge with like russia yeah, yeah. but like i don't think you can call that emigrating when it's like no of course twenty thousand or more years ago yeah well, the, the whole idea of like nation states and even ethnicity wasn't really a thing back then uh it's, it's much more of a modern invention I suppose, but we're not we're not going to get yeah. into critical race theory today, Stu. I don't think. Because firstly, firstly, <laughs> I have no idea what that even is. I just know the term critical race theory, and I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, we're not exactly experts. Yeah, but no, it was, it was that that map thing was actually interesting because it has like you know potato famine. You see the Irish coming over. You see other Europeans, and even says like you know the the um all going to the east coast. And I thought it was interesting as well. You also have the the Chinese coming over to the the west coast in in that period yeah. of migration. It's like oh, it's actually that's actually kind of accurate it, it does it, it even points to what parts of america those groups kind of largely went to like the chinese went to you know, the west coast thinking like you know chinatown and like san francisco as a very vague example of how you have um either higher populations there same with like there's some japanese immigrants there too and you know, like, think of like the irish and like boston and new york you think of like the, the whole midwestern look of like you know the blonde hair and blue eyes because they were all scandinavian or german descent and things like that so it's like yeah this um it, it, it kind of it makes it's a very brief on there, but it does kind of get across the whole uh, immigrant immigrant nature of the, of those parts of America. Yeah. So I think, strangely, and I, I'm almost shocked at myself, I might give this a crack a goal. Oh. I mean, it, it's a terrible movie, but I somehow enjoyed it. I mean, you know, there's a lot of, like we've discussed a lot, but with that, there are a lot of good little bits in there yeah. that just made it funny, you know, uh, you know, manifesting despair, uh, mostly stuff with the grandfather because he was hilarious but like it just it was a movie similar to the yank i think it is that's the best way of describing it it has that kind of it doesn't have as much tongue-in-cheek but there is enough of it there that i enjoyed watching it for such a silly movie yeah i'm gonna have to disagree stay and go crock a shite <laughs> i like kind of movies that are so bad they're good and there's definitely elements of that here but i feel overall the the bits that are of the nature that I like, you know, they're they're bad, but in, in kind of just the right way. Um, I got bored of a lot of the other parts of this film. I found it a bit of a, a yawn to get through it in, in, in bits. And it was just a bit like, you know, it's only like about an hour, 20 minutes long. But I mean, it dragged in a few spots. I felt like a lot of the basketball bits, I get like it gets across the point. I just felt they were a bit boring. Some of the family scenes as well, you could cut out two or three of them and just kind of get down to the main points, I felt. The bits that are good, like, you know, are really kind of quick scenes, like the bit where, like, the, the dad and Kyle get thrown out of the 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 factory when he's asking for, like, oh, Mr. Riley doesn't have a daughter, and the two of them get thrown out the door. <laughs> like, that's good. That's only a 10-second scene. And I, I think it's just that. It's just they're too few and far between. In order to get up the level of the yank, it has to be a lot more quick fire. And actually have, you know, no not as many lulls in the plot. So that's what I'd say. It, it's, I suppose, we're not the, the, the target demographic for this, too, because it's not, we're not, uh, you know, what, 10-year-old oh, yeah, Americans in 2001 uh, who have the Disney Channel. So 
yeah, but it was. Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that. I just, I just found it somehow enjoyable. It's not terrible. Like I wouldn't say it's not terrible. Like, like it's a good kind of five and a half, six out of ten movie at a stretch, maybe. But I think overall, I didn't enjoy it too much. So I, I wouldn't say I, I couldn't say it's a crock of gold. Even though some bits of it did make me laugh, and I like some of the aspects they got at, it's just a little bit as a whole, overall package. It's just unfortunately let down just a little bit. Yeah. Right then, next week. I believe we have a wonderful secret report. We do. Well, I'll, I'll say what it is. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. myself and Stu are, are, are no, uh, we're a fan of a few things, but uh, we are both wrestling fans. And of course, we have WrestleMania coming up in not uh, this day next week of time of recording. So we're recording on a Saturday. It'll be night one of two for WrestleMania, which firstly, oh, thank Christ, I don't have to watch a seven and a half hour show in one sitting anymore. It's much, much nicer splitting it up. It's something we've wanted to do for a little while and something I've been interested in doing. We're going to talk about kind of the Irish in wrestling, kind of more professional wrestling kind of sense and sort of talk everything about, you know, Irish wrestlers, uh, Irish characters in wrestling, kind of, you know, the behind the scenes things like, you know, it's Vince McMahon and his family after all. And there's certainly a bit of an old Irish connection there, Stu, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I'm going to have a report with a few bits and bobs about that and how, and I found out some more things uh, about kind of Irish perceptions in wrestling than I thought I would at the start. So it, it should, it, I hope it's very interesting. I certainly enjoyed researching it and hope you enjoy it too. Yeah, whatever we can do to learn a bit more about Ireland and the Irish perspective from other places is always great. Yeah. Well, I, I think it'll be good. So thanks so much for listening, guys. If if you disagree with anything uh, wildly uh, that we said today, uh, do let us know. You can reach us uh, on Twitter at BlarneyPod or email us at TalkingBlarneyPod at gmail.com. Uh, please forget to give any feedback, any suggestions for other shows, TV, sh- um, movies, anything like that that have like Irish characters in them or something like that. Uh, any anything of the nature of the film we did today would be kind of perfect, I think. So it's goodbye for me, Sloan, and we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.